Welcome to Healthy Habits, Happy Homes with the Guelph Family Health Study, where we share research and practical tips for applying it to your own family. Each week, we'll bring you evidence-based health information from experts. Our quick tips will help you create healthy habits for a happy home. Hello and welcome to Healthy Habits, Happy Homes podcast. I'm Lisa. And I'm Angela. And today we have Nicole Osinga here. And she is a registered dietitian with the College of Dietitians of Ontario. She has a bachelor and master's degree in human nutrition from the University of Guelph. And she practices in the greater Toronto area and Durham region. She brings a fresh and evidence-based perspective while working towards practical nutrition solutions. So welcome, Nicole. Thanks for having me, ladies. No problem. We wanted you to start by telling us a little bit more about yourself, you know, how you became interested in nutrition in the first place. Yeah, so just sort of um, in your introduction there. So I do... uh, I do have a private practice in the Durham region, so that's um, you know Curtis and Oshawa, Ontario. So I do uh, I do see clients one to one mainly. Um, also do a lot of you know media work, um, working with brands and whatnot. Um, so that's an interesting part of my practice. But I guess going back to you know what sort of prompted me or got me interested in nutrition. I mean. I guess my my earliest memories of that is um, I remember in, I want to say probably grade four, grade five, you know, I was sort of, I just got really interested in sort of, you know, what my friends were eating. And I was was quite active, um, you know, throughout my life. I mean, I've always been involved in different sports and just sort of honing in on how nutrition can fuel our performance in sports um, and whatnot. But um, I think I was making diet plans for my friends and, and, you know, in those young years. So um, it just has always sort of stuck in my my mind since then. and just sort of how nutrition can be used to help with things like sports performance and also just, you know, how food can heal, really. Um, yeah, so, and I guess that sort of has gotten me into plant-based nutrition because of sort of all the properties around um, plant-based foods and how that can be beneficial for human health. We'll get more into that later, but that's just sort of a brief background of um, how I got interested in nutrition. Thank you so much, Nicole. And that actually segues perfectly into today's podcast topic, which is plant-based eating. So can you tell us a little bit more about what plant-based eating is? And I know a lot of the key messages on your blog and website are centered around plant-based eating. So if you could share a little bit more, that would be great. So yeah, as you mentioned, I did go for the go to the University of Guelph for my undergrad and my master's degree. I did the Masters of Applied Nutrition um, there as well. So that was my master's and internship. So it was actually really just in my undergrad, I actually did it more of a shift towards plant-based eating. And um, sort of how I view plant-based eating is eating mostly plants. Um, I do myself still consume some dairy, some eggs, um, but plant-based is to me means a diet based on plants. And, you know, that can have a lot of beneficial effects as well. So I I think plant-based eating is sort of a spectrum ranging from, you know, pescatarian all the way to vegan. Um, But uh, yeah, myself, I do cook a lot of vegan meals, but I'll I'll add some eggs in there, some cheese, some, some, Greek yogurt, which is uh, actually a staple for me. Um, but uh, yeah, I would say my, my diet is probably 80% just plants with the 20% um, with some animal products. Um, so 
So I know about, and sort of the, the definition of plant-based eating sort of is, um, I guess, quite up to interpretation, but that's that's how I interpret it. Right, yeah. Well, thanks mm-hmm. thanks for that, Nicole. Um, I'm just thinking about some of the benefits of, of eating plants, and, and what are those uh, benefits for plant-based eating? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and there, there really is a ton, and, and you know, and plant-based eating has gotten uh, quite popular recently. I, I want to say even in the last, like, few years or so, even in my private practice, I've been seeing people a lot more interested in learning how to adopt more of a plant-based diet. So myself, actually, what, um, you know, prompted me to, to eat that way, um, actually, first of all, it, uh, it's cheaper, and that's what I was just sort of starting to say when I was in my undergrad. Um, you know, obviously, we have the student budget, and uh, <laughs> buying, uh, buying a can of beans is one dollar so I mean what can be more cost effective than that but um, my I do have a family history of um, diabetes um, sort of heart disease as well um, and actually unfortunately cancer so there is a lot of research around you know uh, for example um, lowering cholesterol blood pressure blood sugar um, better weight control longer life um, lowering the risk of different cancers um, along with reducing the risk for diabetes. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it just, and, and of course, there's that huge environmental and, and animal welfare uh, component there. So, really, I mean, there's so many great reasons to eat a diet based on plants. I mean, I just, I couldn't not. Mm-hmm. And so, when, you, when you, you mentioned transitioning in your undergrad, what did that, what did that transition look like for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was a gradual sort of transition, you know, and and I actually I remember I did have um, one roommate, an undergrad who was vegetarian um, and a good friend as well, who was who was vegetarian. So um, really, they started, you know, I started trying some of their uh, their things or items that they were cooking. Um, and it, w- it was definitely gradual. And at one point, you know, I remember myself, this wasn't, wasn't so great, but I was eating sort of the uh, the processed um uh, vegetarian sort of like lunch meats, like things like that, just sort of, um, I, I think those items are good for the transition to more plant-based. Uh, for me, you know, I wasn't necessarily used to eating a lot of beans or tofu. Um, I think those are things sometimes some of us, we have to learn how to cook and, you know, how to make them taste good. It wasn't sort of a natural thing I always had in my diet. So it was definitely gradual, um, starting with some of those um, processed uh plant-based substitutes. Um, but I would say it probably took about um, probably about a year for, for me to finally transition to call myself a vegetarian. And I wasn't consuming any, you know, any meat products, any chicken, et cetera. But like I said, I still had some dairy and eggs in my diet. Mm-hmm. So for our listeners who, you know, there's a lot of families that are listening here. If they wanted to start transitioning to more of a plant based diet, what would be a good starting point for them? Mm -hmm. Or do you have any tips? Yeah. And I mean, um, I would start with like sort of, again, I would emphasize that that gradual change. Um, And just, you know, like one day a week, do a meatless Monday, do a meatless, it doesn't have to be Monday, but any day of the week, right? And even just maybe adding some of those, um, you know, and oftentimes when we think of plant-based diet, we're we're concerned about, okay, how do we get the protein? Um, That's usually the number one question I get asked, how the heck do I get my protein? But um, I would start incorporating some of those plant-based protein staples into um, your diet and just learn how to cook with beans. Learn how to, you know, and it doesn't mean we have to sort of eliminate animal products right away. You know, you could make a chili with um, a lot of beans and maybe still have some ground beef in there. But eventually, let's pull that ground beef out and just, you know, see how we enjoy that um, that meatless, meatless chili. So I would just say, yeah, 
slowly learning how to cook with those staples and um, really try to do it gradually. Um, I don't think anyone really benefits too much if, you know, um, one day you're, you're eating, you know, all the animal products and then the next day you just sort of cut it off cold turkey. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, gradual change is definitely recommended. And were there any, uh, you talked about some of those vegetarian staples. Can you just maybe give us an idea of what some of those vegetarian staples are for you? Yeah. So, um, well, again, I know I've mentioned beans a couple times, but yeah, anything in the legume family, um, my personal favorite are lentils actually, um, just because they are, they're quite high in protein and iron. I think for three quarters of a cup, you're getting about, um, close to, you know, 16 grams of protein and, um, I think about eight milligrams of iron. Um, so any type of legume, definitely my staple. Um, and in terms of soy products, I mean, I'm a big fan of edamame, um, first discovered them when I was, you know, going for sushi with my friends. But uh, I mean, they're so versatile. They can be just stored on top of salads or great for a snack. Um, and um, yeah, tofu as well. Learning how to cook tofu um, sometimes is a learning curve for people. But once you do, um, one of my favorite things to do with tofu is make a tofu parmesan. Um, and you can't even tell it's tofu. Um, throw it in stir fries. That's quite a great way to incorporate it. Um, and tempeh as well is a great one. Another sort of fermented soy product. Um, and I, I'm a big fan of the, a lot of the plant-based milks. Um, well, specifically more so soy milk. And um, there's um, I'm seeing more uh, pea protein milk out there. Um, there's one brand I really like called Ripple. Um, not so much the almond milk, they just, they're sort of void of protein and some other nutrition. But um, yeah, so, th- so a couple of those things would be my staples. So you mentioned some soy products, and I know there tends to be a lot of controversy around soy. So just wondering what makes, you know, other than the protein, what makes you choose something like soy milk um, over some mm-hmm. of the others? And I think you, you kind of touched on that. Yeah, and it's unfortunate that soy has a has a bad reputation, um, you know. And this is something that I I really wanted to research extensively because you know on one hand, soy actually has you know some great anti-inflammatory properties to it. Has some omega threes, got some calcium, protein as well. Um, and one of my first jobs as a dietitian after I graduated um, was actually to teach uh, cooking classes for people who have had cancer in the past. And a lot of people who came to my classes. Um, ladies who have had breast cancer in the past um, were quite fearful of soy. And, and that, like I said, is unfortunate because of all the benefits. So um, I guess soy was initially feared because it's considered a phytoestrogen. So it structurally, it looks like estrogen, but it doesn't actually hop in the body and act like estrogen or, or increase our overall amount of estrogen in our body. And if we look at diets, um, you know, from cultures such as Asian cultures, right, and their diet is heavily based on soy. But also keep in mind the real soy, the tofu, the soy milk, the edamame, not the processed soy, not the processed like the, the ground round, the fake ground beef or the, like I mentioned, I was consuming some like vegetarian lunch meats. I would avoid those, um, but real whole soy has actually found to be beneficial and specifically with the, the cancer has been found to reduce the risk of reoccurrence for breast cancer. Um, so, I mean, it's, yeah, I, I really don't think soy could have that. I'm um, sorry. I don't think soy should have that bad reputation, um, but unfortunately it does. And I, I try to clear up sort of that, uh, the myth around soy. Yeah, thank you. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to circle back, Nicole. You were talking about... 
uh, iron. And I know iron is definitely a consideration when we are thinking about plant-based diets and ensuring that we do get enough iron, especially for um, young girls. Uh, I'm wondering what your thoughts are on ensuring that we get enough iron while consuming a plant-based diet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and, and you're right, you know, so iron tends to be a little bit more present um, in animal, animal products, and it's a different type of iron. It's the heme iron that we find in, you know, uh, red meat, et cetera, uh, versus in, um, like I mentioned, lentils are quite high in iron. Um, it is the different type of iron, the non-heme iron. Um, so what I try to do with that, you know, making sure I include a source of vitamin C, like, for example, um, some red peppers and, like, my lentil salad. Um, vitamin C really helps, actually, increase the absorption of iron um, and just making sure I have sort of this formula that I talk to my clients about. I have a list of sort of, you know, powerful plant-based foods that we should be including at each meal. So trying to um, trying to really plan our meals around those, you know, plant-based powerhouses, including those, those beans, legumes, the tofu, et cetera. So, you know, it, it really is possible to get our iron from plant-based sources, but it just takes a little bit of extra planning. Um, we can't just be simply having some, you know, some fruits for breakfast with, you know, um, like a piece of toast. I mean, we definitely need to, you know, throw in those, like a toast with scramble for breakfast is a fantastic way to increase that. Um, throw some hemp seeds into your smoothie um, with some sunflower seeds or pumpkin seeds. So, yeah, there's, there's lots of ways to really ensure that we meet our iron needs, but it is a concern. You're right, you know, especially... In my practice, I do see some, you know, teenage females who their iron needs are going to be increased um, who want to become vegetarian. So we we definitely do have to watch that. Mm -hmm. And I know one of the other ones, especially for a vegan diet, is vitamin B12. And I was wondering if you can speak to how you potentially address that with your clients who who are vegan, vegetarian. Yeah, so yeah, you're right. Um, so with, with B12, um, you know, it's it's mainly just found in animal-based foods, except for when um, other foods are fortified with B12. So for me, you know, B12, I, I still get that in the eggs that I consume. I still get that in the dairy products that I consume. But in my vegan clients, I do want to make sure that they are having those fortified sources of B12. So for example, um, you know, what I've seen, most plant-based milks do have B12 fortification. So that's great. I mean, I, I usually try to tell people to aim for two glasses of plant-based milk milk a day so and that ensures that they do get their calcium and if they do get some b12 and then if they're consuming the soy milk or the pea protein milk they're getting some protein there um also nutritional yeast is a great way to get some b12 so trying to incorporate that into various recipes is great um supplement when necessary but um if we're doing the two glasses of plant-based milk a day and maybe a little bit of nutritional yeast, we should be okay for the b12 and it sounds like you are encouraging getting it from food sources before turning to a supplement. Exactly. That's my philosophy. Food first and then supplement if needed. Yeah. So speaking of food first, it would be interesting to hear maybe what an average plant-based day looks like for you. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so I can give you, um, so if I were to say, like I, I did say that I do consume a lot of, like I, the meals that I make are mainly vegan, but then I sort of add, you know, some like Greek yogurt, et cetera there. So um, usually I start my day, I'm, I'm, recently I've been a big fan of um, consuming oats, specifically overnight oats for breakfast, and I just sort of warm them up because I, I like warm oats in the winter. Um, so in that, you know, we include some chia seeds, and I usually, I usually load it up with either some seeds or maybe I mix in some protein powder in there. Um, with the oats and um, 
mix it with some plant-based milk, leave that overnight and maybe add some fruit on top in the morning along with some slivered almonds. That goes great. Or I do sometimes protein pancakes in the morning. Um, I typically make them on the weekend. I'm a big fan of meal prepping. And then I, it usually stays good in the fridge for about four days, which works well. So, you know, those two have been sort of my breakfast go-tos recently. Um, in terms, I typically actually, instead of snacking throughout the day, I do um, kind of four smaller meals throughout the day and, and that works well for me um so one meal is typically a salad of some sorts like let's say some what did I have this week it's a nice as a challenge to remember what you ate uh, yesterday but uh um I had a, a salad with some edamame um, on top. So just like I typically do spinach, um, a couple other different veggies, edamame. And then I normally throw a grain in there. So um, some quinoa as well. Um, and then I've been a big fan of, um, I don't know if you guys have uh, ever seen the the pasta that's actually made from chickpeas yeah, or yeah. the pasta. I, it's, it's one of my favorite um, items. And so you know, because it's great. Everyone does love pasta. And that's actually going back to that previous question you asked me about transitioning to a plant-based diet, picking up some of those uh, like lentil pastas, chickpea pastas, great way to help with that. So usually do a pasta of some sort uh, made with uh, those pastas. Um, And then, you know, big fan of like chilies and soups. So typically have those guys, you know, with again, the beans trying to center my my meals around um, those plant-based sort of power foods. So, but that's just sort of an example of how I would eat in a day. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Mm -hmm. And um, I agree. I I really love the bean-based pastas. And sometimes speaking about families like transitioning into eating this way, one of the recommendations I give sometimes is you can even mix the pasta, right? So if you're not mm. comfortable just having the beans right away or another one that I say is um, ground meat with lentils. So if you mm. incorporate them together at first and then maybe eventually you transition away from, from the meat a little bit. Right. And, yeah, and those plant are great based, tips. Plant-based chilies is also a really mm-hmm. great way to kind of transition into into uh, into plant-based eating because there's so many other great flavors that are in the things like chili, especially this time of year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Nicole, you mentioned you've been speaking a lot about beans and legumes and uh, how much you like them and their, their different properties. And there was also a study done here at the University of Guelph that looked at the benefits of lentils on the diet. Um, so they actually found that lentils significantly reduce blood glucose levels. So I, I wanted you to just, you know, further explain why you think legumes are such a powerful plant-based food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and so I know I've mentioned the uh, the benefit of the protein, the iron, um, and they're also, you know, they're, they're such high in fiber. They give us a ton of sort of soluble fiber. Um, so really just with, the, you know, those foods that are that are low in the glycemic index um, and high in fiber, they really, you know, slow the digestion and the release of sugars um, found in starch into the bloodstream and then ultimately reduces blood sugar levels. Um, and the slower absorption means that you don't experience that spike in blood sugar that, you know, we might get after we have, let's say, a refined grain. Um, And then, you know, having high levels over a period of time can really lead to a mismanagement of blood sugar, unfortunately, which is really the hallmark of uh, type 2 diabetes. So, I mean, lentils and beans, you know, great for so many reasons. Um, So that's an interesting study that I was reading that the other day. um, And it really sort of really backs up, you know, one of those benefits of plant-based eating. Yeah, uh, definitely. And I'm I'm wondering, so I often hear from families or people I work with that 
they have a hard time digesting beans, right? They experience a lot of gas or discomfort. So I don't know if you have any tips to share with our listeners around that when they're first introducing more into their diet. Yeah, I guess my biggest tip would be to start slow, you know, because um, especially if we're transitioning to a plant-based diet, we know that um, a plant-based diet is going to be probably a lot higher in fiber compared to, you know, what they're normally used to getting. So really start slow in your um, your incremental increase of your consumption of beans. Um, and also I find, you know, some, um, some products, plant-based protein products are less bloating or sort of less gas producing than others. So for example, I find soy tends to be um, easier on our digestive system. So like edamame, tofu, et cetera, tempeh. Um, so I would say, you know, maybe start with those um, as well as just, you know, trying to get beans at every single meal and mix up the, the proteins that is quite important. Um, so those, those are some things I would say. Thanks, Nicole. And for anyone that's listening now, do you have any tips for anyone that is interested in starting a plant-based diet? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think, you know, just echoing sort of what I sort of, um, you know, um, said previously, you know, taking it slow, I think, is the biggest um, takeaway. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect. And and really, that's how I started. And it's really stuck. I've been a vegetarian. So I guess that was it's been, almost been close to 10 years now, um, <laughs> aging myself a little bit, but anyways, um, so, but yeah, taking it slow, um, and experimenting in the kitchen, you know, with, um, with new recipes and, and really, you know, if it's, if it's, um, you know, if you have kids and, um, you know, get them involved, you know, get them interested and, and sort of compile things that you really like from your favorite blogs, um, you know, Instagram, et cetera. And, uh, yeah, make it fun. And I always like when I, when I started the transition, you know, it was sort of a whole new world. I mean, like I said, I've, I've never really, I didn't really cook with beans and it was, you know, all these things that I haven't hadn't experimented with. And, you know, I found myself paying more attention to the, the spices, the flavors, et cetera. And, yeah, so it, it can be it can be fun. Um, so focus on I always tell my clients to focus on what you can add to your diet versus what you're taking away. So yeah. it's just a healthier mindset. It's, you know, it helps to foster that good relationship with food and, and focus on, you know, these exciting new plant-based foods that you're adding to your diet. I really like that message, Nicole. It's a, a good take home for our families. So it sounds like, you know, there's tons of health benefits associated with eating a plant-based diet. It's not only healthy, but it can also be delicious in a fun way for families to get in the kitchen, try new things, and experiment with different foods and recipes. Definitely, for sure. Absolutely. So now, if you were to have some takeaway messages for families that are listening, what would they be? Um, so yeah, takeaway messages, just, yeah, take it slow. It doesn't have to be perfect. I think those are sort of, um, the main things, but, uh, yeah, that there, there's many health benefits to plant-based diet. Um, you know, that study about, um, how the lentils really, you know, did reduce the blood sugar levels. Um, and you really can, while following a plant-based diet, get all of your daily nutrient requirements. Um, but, you know, focusing on those, those nutrients that are sometimes a little bit harder to, um, to get. Um, so the, the iron, the calcium, the B2, and then protein, but like I said, it is possible, but just buying to plan meals around those uh, those foods that are rich in those items. Um, but yeah, not only can plant-based diet, can it could be healthy, but also delicious and take this as an opportunity to try new things and experiment with different foods. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Nicole. Yes, thank you. Oh, thank you. And Thanks if our viewers wanted to check out some of your recipes, where could they find them? 
Yeah, so um, you can visit my blog. Um, so my the website is nicoleosinga.com. Um, and you can also find me on Instagram. So I have a, I'm definitely active on Instagram, updating that uh, quite frequently. So um, that is um, Instagram. And um, my, my handle is Nicole Osinga. So N-I-C-O-L-E, Osinga, O-S-I-N-G-A, underscore R-D. Um, so that's where you can find me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Nicole. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. So Nicole provided us with some really great ideas on how to eat more plant-based meals, even if it's something like a meatless Monday or having that one day a week that you don't consume meat, maybe at your dinner meal. So some food or recipes or meals that would be ideal to, to try with your kids might be something like uh, lentil tacos or a mix of the meat and lentils, uh, some chilies that are vegetarian soups, uh, or even potentially like a shepherd's pie uh, using lentils. So Lisa, you have three young kids. Yes, what, I do. <laughs> what do they like? What do you do in your house and what do they eat that's meatless? Yeah, so that's a really great question. Thinking of some of the things that are go-tos in my house for a meatless Monday or or a meatless dinner would be uh, like a three-bean chili. So I typically do, well, it's I say three-bean, but it's two kinds of beans and I throw in chickpeas. And then I my kids really like this um, red lentil and carrot soup. And if you just Google red lentil and carrot soup, there's a variety of options on Google. And I usually just pull out one of those. And uh, one of my personal favorites and my kids' personal favorite, especially my oldest, is pasta fagioli, which is super easy to make. You just fill a pot of water and you throw in some Romano beans. I usually put about two cans. And then I take some noodles and I throw those in as well. And then some pasta sauce. And then you just boil that up and the kids love it. So that's a really great go-to in my house that takes under 10 minutes. I'm pretty sure I grew up liking that dish too. Pasta fagioli. Yes. You stick a little it's, cheese in there. Yeah, it's a classic. It's a classic. <laughs> Anyways, thank you for listening and please join us for our next podcast. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Healthy Habits, Happy Homes. We can't wait to have you tuning with us next week. But in the meantime, if you'd like to connect, you can visit our website, www.guelphfamilyhealthstudy.com, or visit us on Facebook at Guelph Family Health Study. Thanks and have a great week.